For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What the Pell is up, Pelicans fans? My name is Elliot Clough, and this is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. I want to thank you for joining me today. I know we're all dealing with this craziness in a bunch of different ways. I'm sure people are working from home, so I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to join me on today's edition of the podcast episode number 19 here of believe in the new orleans pelicans we got a really fun one ahead of us today for a whole lot of different reasons got a whole lot of interaction on twitter on this more recent poll so i'm excited to give those shout outs and let you know what you the fan are thinking give you some of those opinions and uh, let you know that you yourself can interact with us here I believe on the excuse me believe in the New Orleans Pelicans as well and we want to give you opportunity to do so so stick around I'll be letting you know how that goes so if you're continuing to follow the Pelicans as the the team and Fox Sports New Orleans as I mentioned, is is doing these replays. Um, you know that they did a replay of the Pelicans versus the Pistons overtime win on January 13th. They did that replay on Sunday, I believe it was, with Trajan Langdon, um, GM for the Pelicans. Um, really fun game. We got to see a game that didn't include Drew, didn't include Zion, um, didn't include Derek Favors either, and, and didn't include J.J. Redick. And the Pelicans went out and got a win away from home in overtime with some of the younger guys, some of the guys who don't get a lot of minutes, and a guy who really doesn't get a lot of minutes in Jaleel Okafor really showed out on the offensive side of the ball. And then Lonzo coming up big time. This is the moments where we really saw Lonzo transcend the years prior in games like this. Really showed out in this one and then we got to see guys like Zylan Cheatham who we don't get to see a lot of and Jaleel Okafor like I said going 11 of 21 from the field 3 for 3 from the line 14 rebounds and 25 points Nicolo Melli showing out in this one as well giving a career high uh, with 7 of 11 from the field and scoring at 20 points for the Pels in this one, a lot of quality minutes from guys who don't tend to play a whole lot. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, before he was sent down to the G League, getting 14 minutes in this one as well. So a really fun game, a really fun victory for the Pelicans, although they did have the lead for the majority of the game and then had to fight them off again in overtime. Was a good win for some guys who don't have a lot of experience. And with that said... I've been thinking about doing a podcast like this for a while, reviewing guys who will be free agents this offseason, and 
I said guys who typically didn't get a lot of minutes got a lot of minutes in that game. And one of those guys is Frank Jackson, backup point guard out of Duke, who is in his second season with the Pelicans. Hasn't played a ton, has looked really, really good at times. But in this one, it was just another situation where the young guy had a lot of opportunities and didn't necessarily show up in a big way like Pelicans fans would really like him to. I believe he went 5 of 13 from the field, um, 0 of 4 from the three-point line, and put up 13 points, did get eight rebounds. So had some times in this one where he really did play well, but Jackson just doesn't show up the way Pels fans would really like him to and the way he really could. And, and this was the epitome of that. And even looking at the more recent games before the season came to a screeching halt, Jackson in the last 10 games for the Pelicans, granted he only played eight, averaged 9.9 .9 minutes per game at 27.8% from the field, 38.9% from three, which is good. And then... <laughs> 57.1% from the line and scoring 3.9 points per game. And let's let's be real. We're, being basketball fans, we know that guys can get the yips. Guys have bad stretches. But still, this season as a whole... Jackson has played in 51 games. I believe he started like 13 of them. And he's averaging 12.9 minutes, shooting 38.5% from the field, which is not ideal. 32.5% from three, also not ideal. 75% um, from the line, which is pretty which is pretty solid for a point guard. Granted, you want your guards up around 80%, but that's that's good enough. And 5.6 points per game. Which again, from a backup point guard in the Alvin Gentry system, you're not expecting your point guard to score a ton of points. That's just not what you're going for. Lonzo Ball is the perfect point guard for the Alvin Gentry system. Now looking deeper into Frank Jackson, not just this season, but in his career development. Jackson went to Duke University, played for Coach K, and was there during the 2016-2017 season, playing 36 games and starting 16 for the Blue Devils, averaging 24.9 points per game while shooting 47% from the field, 39.5% from three, and averaging just 10.9 points per game in the 2016-2017 season. There were some other studs on this team you look at this roster it's got two four six seven guys who are currently in the nba luke Kennard, grayson allen jason tatum emile jefferson harry giles and marcus bolden so plenty of talent on this roster and jackson decided to head to the nba after after just one season and was the first pick in the second round of the NBA draft in 2017. He was selected originally by the Charlotte Hornets and then was immediately sent to New Orleans for cash considerations. Personally, I think Jackson should have stayed at Duke much longer to develop. I, in my opinion, if 
a freshman has more chance to continue, especially under guys like Coach K, to continue to develop if they're not projected to be a first-round pick, come back. Come back to school, develop more, go higher in the first round, get paid more, and be ready to go more fully in the NBA. I do not recommend guys who are projected second round, projected late first round even, to to head to the draft because, I mean, the following year, Jason Tatum was gone. Frank Jackson had much more of an opportunity to continue to develop, to be a star at Duke. And stars at Duke tend to be drafted fairly high. Just ask Brandon Ingram, for that matter. And I know Frank Jackson is not Brandon Ingram. They're very different players. But Duke pumps out top-level players every single year. And Frank Jackson had the opportunity to continue to develop into a guy like that. Maybe he got different advice. Maybe he needed to play, to uh, go out and provide for his family. I don't know. But Frank Jackson had a solid opportunity to continue to develop at Duke University under Coach K, who has coached Olympic teams and plenty of national championships as well. And, you know, New Orleans has clearly made it uh, obvious that they are about developing players. See Lonzo, see Brandon Ingram, see Zion, see Jackson Hayes, see Nikhil Alexander Walker. And he, Jackson, Frank Jackson, has clearly not made the steps that the Pelicans were hoping for. You know, Jackson's got a high ceiling. I actually wrote about it last summer, and I can share that article on Twitter as well. He's got a high ceiling. I've said it a bunch of times before. He's got athleticism. He's great when he puts the ball on the floor and goes to the basket rather than settling for jump shots. And when he does have a jump shot, it's a smooth stroke. And granted, you know, this season and in the last 10 games, it doesn't go in 72 point two percent of the time but uh it looks good (laughs) to give him the benefit of the doubt he's just a smooth basketball player in general and he's fun to watch if he was able to put the ball in the hoop more frequently it would be hard to make any sort of argument that uh, he wouldn't be worth bringing back but Jackson just doesn't do that at an efficient enough rate he doesn't dish the ball out at an efficient enough rate he isn't that great of a defender and what it comes down to it is making strides in your game and making plays and he's just not doing that you can look as smooth as you want you can be as fun to watch as you want but he's not consistently making plays it's just not there turnovers are still a problem for Jackson he's not necessarily a guy who turns over the ball a ton looking at this season he's averaging less than one turnover in his 12.9 minutes per game, but uh, last season he was averaging 19.2 minutes per game and averaged the same amount of turnovers as he does now. So also he's nearly totaled his total turnovers last year and has played 10 fewer games. So there's that. You know, uh, like I said, it's the inconsistency, excuse me, inconsistency. We don't know how many minutes he's going to get and play. I mean, half the time he doesn't play at all. And when he does play, his jump shot's streaky. Doesn't put the ball on the floor enough. Like I said, he's not a good defender. And 
he could really be super valuable if he was just more consistent, and that is what we are not getting from him. And just watching, like I said at the beginning, at the top of the pod, the last few games of this season, there's a clear lack of confidence there that should not be. Go back and watch that Pistons game that was even from three months ago, or just go back and watch these last two games, and he's clearly not bringing the value that you want from your backup point guard, and there's plenty of opportunity to go get somebody else. Jackson just doesn't buckle down and get it done night in and night out when the Pelicans need that from their backup point guard. So what should the Pels do going forward? What are their options? You know, I've got three listed out here myself, and then I'm going to let you know. Twitter boys, I'm coming for you. I'm letting you know. I'm giving you the shout-out that you deserve. And keep coming back, fellas. You're going to get this every time here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Take a listen, and you're going to be getting the content that you, the listener, want here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. First option here that I came up with. Sign him to a short-term deal. Be willing to send him to the G League again. Granted, he's two years into his professional career in the NBA. I don't want to keep around a guy who's going to have to go to the G League. Nikhil Alexander, completely understand, first year. First year, second year, I'll sign you to a contract. Otherwise, and, and have the option to send you to the G League. Otherwise, you're going to be strictly G League or I'm letting you go. Because I'm not going to pay you more than I have to as a GM of an NBA franchise. And if you do sign him to that short-term deal, <laughs> I got one guy, I got one Frank Jackson stand account, life's good, and or at btillm 7 said yes in terms of signing Frank Jackson and bringing him back. He produces when given minutes and his ceiling is high. And I gotta give you the credit there, btillm 7 I do agree that his ceiling is high. Whether he produces or not is a whole nother story. We never really know. And, you know, <laughs> this second option was pretty unique. Um, don't shred me too much for it on Twitter. Actually, you can. Go for it. I want to hear from you, like I've said so many times. Makeshift Drew into a point guard, intermingled with Zoe. We didn't see this a lot during the Anthony Davis era, but we saw enough of it to know that Drew Holiday can play point guard. Granted, if we have the option, we would like Lonzo and Drew on the floor at the same time. Drew did not have the greatest season this year. We all know that, but he did have games where he stood out and was the player we all remember him being in terms of scoring. And of course, as a Pelicans fan, we all want Lonzo on the floor as much as possible. We've seen real Lonzo this season, and then we want to continue to see real Lonzo, confident Lonzo, continue to perform and put up numbers in terms of assists and now three-pointers. So we love that from Lonzo. And so that's that's an option in, in get rid of, getting rid of Frank Jackson. Now, in terms of depth at the point guard position, that is an area where the Pelicans would absolutely be lacking. So in a situation like that, the Pelicans would definitely need to go out and grab a backup point guard, a guy like Nico Mannion out of Arizona. 
maybe Cassius Winston out of Michigan State. I just mentioned guys sticking around and learning from their coaches. Tyrese Halliburton, Iowa State. Theo Maladon, France. Killian Hayes, also of France. And I've been hearing some stuff, some good stuff about Trey Jones. Maybe maybe the Pelicans move back, acquire some more assets, and then get a backup point guard. And we're assuming that the Pelicans will be in the lottery because chances are the rest of this NBA season does not come to fruition. A guy that I also mentioned is Cole Anthony, but he is a score first point guard. So that's a possibility, but I would probably tend to look at a facilitator going into this year's NBA draft if the Pelicans are to go the route of grabbing a point guard rather than a big guy like Onyeka Okungwu that I have mentioned. Granted, Onyeka is going top five in a lot of drafts, but I've also seen him around 10-11 in some boards, so maybe the Pels could put together some of their assets and move up to grab a guy like that should he be available in this year's 2020 NBA draft. And now, it's time for the moment you've been waiting for. I said I was going to give you the shout out, so I got to do so. I ran a poll last night on Twitter, and if you missed it, you can still participate. It is active and will be active for a while yet after this is posted. And I got to give a shout out once again to you, the fan of Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. You let me know your thoughts in what was basically a consensus fashion other than our one stan account for Frank Jackson. So I got to say thank you. Pelicans Twitter. I love you. Keep coming back. Keep letting me know your thoughts. I'm going to give you every shout out that you deserve. So I got to let them know the homies, David J. Barclay III, Declan, TJ, Colin, EZP, Sam, Footy Genius 22910. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Shout out to Footy Genius 22910. Colin Smith, 84, the big gun. And of course, of course, we cannot forget your boy, Oliver. Pels fans galore are looking for Griff and Trajan Langdon to go out and grab the fearless Frenchman, Frank Natilakina. The point guard for the New York Knicks was grabbed by the Knicks in the first round of the 2017 NBA draft at pick number eight. That would be 23 picks ahead of Mr. Frank Jackson in that year. Frank Natilakina, sorry, I'm never going to be able to get that right Um, or get it done easily, I should say. That's what she said. (laughs) So you might be wondering, those who didn't interact last night, which if you didn't, that's cool. Just come back next time. We're here for you. Natilakina adds confidence, depth, and a defensive awareness and capability that Jackson simply does not provide for the New Orleans Pelicans. Natilakina, while he was brought in and expected to have a high ceiling in New York, hasn't quite lived up to what the Knicks are looking for. I don't think anybody in a Knicks uniform has lived up to what they were hoping for. R.J. Barrett has had a really good rookie season, and I think he will continue to develop, but Natilakina hasn't quite been as great as they were hoping for. He is available and should be moved, should be grabbed by the Pelicans, if so 
possible. In 57 games for the Knicks this season, Nick Tilakina is averaging 20.8 minutes, 6.3 points on 39% shooting, three assists, 32% from three, and 86% from the line. So Tilakina is getting way double the minutes that uh, that Jackson has gotten. Nick Tilakina, watch the film. Watch the film and you will say, I want him I do not want Frank Jackson. Natila Kina passes a lot more of the eye tests in terms of feeling, looks like, looking like he's competent <laughs> on a basketball court and add him to a more competent franchise like the New Orleans Pelicans rather than the New York Knicks. And I think Natila Kina can thrive in a system that includes Lonzo Ball and a bunch of other talented defenders. Natila Kina adds a whole nother dimension that the Pelicans need in terms of defense, yes, Lonzo, yes, Drew, maybe Derek Favors will come back. But they signed Attila Kina at that point guard position. They can definitely go out and get the center of the future in this year's NBA draft rather than having to choose between a point guard and a center because you know, we just don't know what we're going to get from Frank Jackson going forward. I really like this suggestion by hashtag Pelicans Twitter. Frank Attila Kina of the New York Knicks, I think... Trajan Langdon and, and David Griffin should go out and grab this guy if they can, I think. And, and to add to that, yes, Frank Jackson does have a high ceiling, but everything that I've just said about Natila Kina, he's got that and he can continue to develop to develop and be probably or have a higher ceiling than Frank Jackson. I like I said, I wrote that article. I like Frank Jackson. I just don't know that with that lack of confidence that he's going to be able to improve and become what the Pelicans want and need. On the other hand, Natila Kina, I would, I, I myself and Pelicans Twitter would rather have him and for good reason. He's got all those skills. He's a def- much, much better defender than Frank Jackson. And he's also got that higher, high ceiling and a higher ceiling, ceiling than Jackson himself. So with all of that said, Pels fans, you have spoken as we sit right now and as I'm recording this podcast, 66% of you believe that the Pelicans should not bring Mr. Jackson back, but yet 34% believe that it is a good thing to bring him back to New Orleans, to the Pelicans franchise. So if you have any other thoughts, we've been hearing a lot about Frank Natilakina on this podcast and on Twitter if you have any other thoughts, any other guys the Pels should go after for a backup point guard or any really good reasons to bring Mr. Jackson back, hit us up on Twitter. Go to that go to that poll, and I'll retweet it again tomorrow. So if you missed that poll, go ahead and check it out. I'll be sharing everybody's final thoughts on tomorrow's podcast as well. So go check it out, Pels fans. Topic one, the check. Now, told you I'd be getting a Boston guy, Jordan Moore. I'll talk about that a little bit more later on the podcast tomorrow. We're going to be talking Pelicans. We're going to be talking, hey, what if AD was traded for Jason Tatum and other possibly other assets? So I would like to give you a little preview of my thoughts, not necessarily how this would have shaken out for the Pelicans, but the... (laughs) Looking at this in depth, the complete fallout that would have happened had this trade occurred, what the NBA would look like now rather than what it currently does, 
and what other things could have possibly happened. Um, and we'll go even more in depth with Jordan Moore tomorrow on this podcast, Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, but I'm excited to give you a little bit of a preview here. Definitely stick around here. That way you can know what's happening tomorrow. So what if New Orleans traded for Jason Tatum instead of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, Josh Hart, and those three first-round picks? And we're also throwing into the possibility uh, Jalen Brown being acquired by the Pelicans with some assets as well. So looking back at what actually happened with this trade, with the Pelicans, with the Lakers, AD, all those pieces I just mentioned. The Pels did acquire the fourth overall pick from the Los Angeles Lakers in this situation. They ultimately traded it to the Atlanta Hawks for the 8th, 17th, and 35th overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft, which I am always all about those type of moves in the NBA draft especially, but also in the NFL draft. It's just smart. The more picks you take, the more likely you are to hit on that draft capital. So it just makes sense whether or not there's guys of high value at the top of the draft. There's always the possibility for bust. There's always the possibility for injuries. So the more players you grab, the more likely you are to hit. And did they hit at eight? The Pelicans did grab at Jackson Hayes. They also took Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 17 and at 35 grabbed Marcos Luzada Silva, who I had never heard of, and apparently he now plays in the NBL. So uh, that is what we would call a miss, Pelicans fans. So in terms of the draft, had this trade not happened, the Lakers would have been at four and probably grabbed DeAndre Hunter. And we're saying this assuming that they didn't make another trade, which they probably would have. But uh, in this particular circumstance, we're just saying they take the draft pick, which, like I said, probably DeAndre Hunter. So we're saying this so things can continue, can continue to have at least somewhat of semblance of sanity. So in this situation, Zion still ends up with the Pels. No Jackson Hayes or Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Once again, this is if the trade happens and the Pelicans don't acquire all these pieces from Los Angeles. Again, the Hawks may have grabbed at eight Jackson Hayes, Rui Hachimura, Cam Johnson. What they ended up doing in this situation that actually happened, they grabbed, of course, DeAndre Hunter at four, and then grabbed Cam Reddish at 10. So I'd like to think they would go for uh, another small forward at eight. Um, so... May have been Cam Reddish, may have waited to see if they could get Jackson Hayes. Maybe they would have grabbed Cam Johnson at 10. Um, there's a lot of possibilities in that particular situation. Another possibility for the Lakers in, in this situation is that they may have gotten Kawhi Leonard. Maybe AD, maybe all that star power in Los Angeles in Los Angeles is what kept away the claw from the Lakers organization rather than the Clippers where Paul George ended up there with him as well. Maybe the Lakers would have gone off and traded it for another star. The Lakers were clearly desperate. And after that first season, it was very clear that B.I. Lonzo and Josh Hart were just pawns really in what 
the Lakers were trying to do with LeBron James. They were just pieces to be traded rather than players who continued to have value. But let's say that the Celtics were to go all in. They clearly didn't. There was some hesitancy from the Celtics organization in grabbing AD, knowing that they only had one year left on the current structured contract, and they didn't want to risk losing him probably to LA or Chicago after one year, much like the situation that happened with Kyrie and the Celtics. So what the offers looked like were Jason Tatum and a small amount of assets, and then Jalen Brown and a bevy of picks from Danny Ainge and the Celtics. And the Pels clearly needed more than that or something would have happened. And thank God the Pels stood their ground because that would have been a crappy deal for a superstar who did want out, yes, but I'm not taking Jalen Brown and a bevy of picks for Anthony Davis, perennial all-star, probably Hall of Famer. Um, And Jason Tatum has played excellent this season, but prior to He was one of the least efficient players in the NBA in terms of isolation play and had shown signs of stardom but wasn't quite there yet. Now, after this season, Jason Tatum is clearly uh, on another level that he wasn't before, and he's a star. Now, had the Celtics gone completely in, we're like, yes, we are going to take you AD. There's a couple different things that they could have done. What could have happened is they sent Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and maybe two first-round picks. Maybe they do a sign-in trade including Terry Rozier. Maybe they could have done a sign-in trade including Al Horford. Um, or or the Pels could have gone out and grabbed Ennis Cantor in a situation like this rather than trading for Al Horford. Maybe they would have gotten a different asset and maybe just grabbed Ennis Cantor in free agency. So, a bunch of different situations with the Pelicans and the Boston Celtics there. Uh, needs that the Pelicans had. Uh, I, this is just a mind F, if you will. So let's roll with the prob- most probable situation of all these. I listed them all out because there's so many different situations and there's more than what I just said as well. Bunch of different possibilities. What could have happened last year had a trade with the Boston Celtics come to fruition. So let's just say it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Those are the two pieces that the Pels would have acquired last season. What would the starting five What would the starting five look like in New Orleans? if we were in a situation like that right now. It'd be different, and it'd be interesting, let me tell you. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Zion, and Derek Favors. And... The, the Pels might have acquired some extra picks in there, so so uh, maybe a few more draft picks. Maybe somebody else that the Pels could have stolen, maybe developed. Um, uh, I'd like to think J.J. Redick would still be a part of the franchise. Of course, you factor in guys like Frank Jackson, who I had we were talking about a little bit ago. Um, you know, J.J., like, oh, I already said J.J. Redick. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Nicolo Melli would still be around. So I think the Pelicans would be good this year. It would just be very, very different than what the Pelicans currently look like. 
As to the ramifications as to what would have continued to happen this season, come back tomorrow. I'm going to be on the pod with Boston native Jordan Moore, who's worked with Fox Sports and Primetime Boston. He's been covering Boston sports for a while, and I'm going to remind you here in a second. But before I do that, Pels fans, go follow me on Twitter. You're going to be get it, going to be getting a ton of Pelicans content there. You're going to be inter- be able to interact with not just me, but other Pelicans fans like we did tonight on today's, like we did, yes, tonight for today's poll. Sorry, that was a sentence. Um, where we get to convene and, and share our thoughts, and then they end up on the podcast. You get a shout out. Hey, maybe you'll get more followers because of this podcast. I'm here to serve you, the fan here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. And if you have any questions, any thoughts on anything that I've said here today, you can just at me. You can respond to a tweet or you can hashtag what the Pell is up. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go hit that subscribe button. Do it! Leave a rate and review. The more you do that, the better guests we're going to get, the better quality content we're going to get, the more people are going to interact with this podcast. You're going to be hearing different thoughts and different points of view from people all over Pelicans Nation. Hey, go follow Believe This Podcast Network on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll be getting, yeah, blah, 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 blah. You'll be getting reminders about this podcast hear from them and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on believe.com or just head over to apple podcasts spotify or google play and you can check out my pelicans coverage for fan sided's hoops habit website i'm going to be sharing those links on twitter as well once again it's hoopshabit.com and you can find the new orleans pelican page from there once again jordan moore will be stopping by tomorrow very excited for that tune in for that one will be a fun podcast. Don't forget to head over to my Twitter, give me a follow, and hey, maybe you'll even get in a follow back. I want to hear from you, Pels fans. I want to interact with you. I want to retweet. I want to share your thoughts on my Twitter page as well as here on this podcast. So once again, Pels fans, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 